right, so today we're here again with our AI that gives albums perfectly objective scores. And picking albums with us is Andrew from E1. And today we've got Interpol, Turn On The Bright Lights. Classic early 2000s New York album. If you're looking at that scene, this is like obvious top five, right? If you're looking um, at New York City skyline, and you're getting a, a skyline shot like in a film, it, especially if it's well, tonight, it's you're like, one, then, you're yeah. probably listening to Interpol, not Frank Sinatra. I gotta admit, when I lived in New York uh, in 2010, I definitely would just like walk around listening to this album because I'd already been a fan of it forever, you know, and I had to like, it was like an obligatory thing I had to do. It's obligatory. That. It's obligatory. So, uh, Why'd you pick this one, Andrew? Okay, so like in the uh, um, other episodes I'm going to do with you guys. Uh, in the future. It's a very... Uh, Which have not already been a very recorded. formative uh, album for me. Well, their first two actually were, but um, this one is obviously, I think, widely regarded as their best album. It's an incredible debut album, probably... A perfect debut if you could have one for a rock band, um, I would say. I think that uh, I got into them like 2003, 2004, around that time, because I, like, I didn't know about them, then I got into them, and then incidentally, like Michael and I were into them and Muse and uh, a bunch of other bands. And then him and my brother Shane got to go to the Curiosa tour in 2004, which was the cure. And they brought all their favorite bands with them. So it was like Mogwai, Interpol, Muse, yeah, Head Automatica, yeah, true, like all these, all these crazy bands. And, um, I was super jealous, but, uh, it's a good show. Yeah. I mean, I can't, Marissa Oftemar was there. The chick that like played and like smashing pumpkins for a minute. Oh yeah. <laughs> which I guess she was really good. Man, live. We keep bringing... Oh yeah. She you was new even, Darcy. I don't think you even, you didn't even know that uh, we've mentioned them like Smash multiple pumpkins? weeks in a row now and here they come again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There are a few things that we mention all the time. It's like Susie Billy the Corgan, uh, Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, music, like bands. Um, bands. Yeah. Interpol. And then like, I always uh, associate Interpol with Christmas time for some reason because I always listen to them like around Christmas time. Uh, I can see that's kind of wintry. I think that like Turn on the Bright Lights is like I said, it's so good, but I think I like Antics just as much. Like the opener on Antics Next Exit is an an amazing opener, and then like Not Even Jail on the album is probably my favorite Interpol song. Yeah. One of the times I've seen them, they closed with that, and it was like absolutely closer to me. He reminds me, um, their guitarist, he reminds me of us, like The Edge from U2. Uh, Daniel Kessler. Yeah, Daniel Kessler. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. They have, he, they very have simple style, just using pedals, but it sounds so fucking good where you're just like, you want to keep hearing it for like 10 minutes straight because it just sounds so yeah. nice. It's nice. Dude, yeah. I want to get into that a little later. I want to say, before we get the score here from this perfect AI, um, I think my story is similar to you where. I didn't get into them really until their second album came out. So they had to be like 03, 04, whatever. And then that was just like one of the most formative things ever for me where Turn on the Bright Lights is like all time most influential albums on me personally where like, you know, I was buying all the guitar pedals they used. I was Mm -hmm. learning all their songs. I'm good at like doing the quick tremolo picking thing they do because of them where I'm like, oh, I want to play like that. Everything was so simple. Like I played bass as a teenager when I was like really listening and I thought Carlos D was the, the man. And, yeah, he's a, his, he, his parts he, are amazing. He is the man, but like it wasn't anything complicated. It just sounded good though. Like 
Nothing anyone in the band does it was is complicated. All, it, it was all, all simple, tasteful. but it was like done so well and put together so well. And then on top of it, you had Paul Banks and his voices drew me in. Like I was like, this guy sounds so fucking cool. And what's funny is I didn't even know today. I found this out today. I spent this whole time thinking he was British because he's British born. And then I found out he moved to fucking Bloomfield Hills, Michigan when he was three, and he has no fucking accent. I was like, why does he sound British yeah, when he sings? God damn it. Yeah. So everything That's was what shattered. That's you did in me. the early 2000s. Well, like, yeah, you, they did the- Wearing suits makes you seem British, They did the whole too. thing, yeah. I was going to say, they did the whole thing where they wear suits, but they look good. And then there's all these other bands wearing suits and the whole thing. Like, there's the Hives. and Remember those bands? Like, the Hives. And oh, yeah. Totally. All those bands are, like, indie rock bands. But, like, Interpol- it fit their image because they're like Manhattan guys, and the they police. sounded this. They were the police. They sounded this way, it's and they looked that way. It was like these guys just like, and then like the aesthetic, of like their their album covers. It all just like fit together. This like it was very pleasing. Like their whole image and like look. I was just like these guys are so cool. Totally. Dude. And then so I know I know too much like Interpol lore where like I think the drummer was the last one to like join the real lineup of the band. Yeah. And the first show they played with him, they like all kind of like subtly knew they were going to wear suits, but they didn't really communicate it to him. <laughs> and then when he showed up, he was in a suit and it was like, okay, yeah, he gets it. Like he's, that's very, great. You know, like, <laughs> but sorry, we got to get to the score here. So what can we say that's going to embarrass us before we get the score? Um, what I'm going to say is that to me, this album's like a 10 out of 10, perfect, you know, super formative. It's still great today. Everything about it is fantastic. Yeah. There's not a bad song on it. Excellent stuff. I forget which one of you guys made me listen to this, but I heard this for the first time uh, earlier this year. I still haven't listened to Antics. I'm thinking I might get to that in like 2021. <laughs> but this is a this is a great album. Obstacle One, what a great song. Obstacle Two, there's a guy uh, guy called that. Now I know what his name is. <laughs> this is just a oh, fantastic yeah. album. The video for Obstacle Josh One is, is a great, great, dude. And uh, Josh is a huge Interpol fan. Actually, him and CJ. Went to their uh, the anniversary tour where they played this album. Oh, nice! Very cool. It's been a while since I've seen. I think the last time I saw Interpol was the fourth album, which is not particularly good. It has a couple of okay like songs. Albums though, like I I slept on them for a long time because I was like, oh, they're not going to be top. Turn on the bright lights or antics, which I'm right. But also, I like went back and listened to a bunch of their albums. I was like these are actually pretty good still. The third one is actually great. Like and the El fourth Pintor, one's like okay ish. I liked. And there's like yeah one or two good and then songs on there. There's the other one with like the bowl or something on it. What the what was what the fuck was the title? And then Paul Banks started just collaborating with uh, RZA, which I haven't heard. Oh that. God, I remember but that. But I haven't heard and it. The, Paul Banks had the mixtape that was called like uh, "These Haters on My Dick Like They Supposed to Be." That's it's funny like, though. Right. Like I always thought he might have been like kind of a dick, but it seems like he's like I don't know. Probably kind has of a, a sense, sense of humor. Okay, let's let's see the score though. Let's see what we're supposed to think of this album. 5.6. Ooh, fuck this album. This is so mediocre. Um, these guys are just ripping off the strokes. They want to be Julian uh, Casablancas. Julian Assange from the strokes. Yeah, what they did was they took the um, vocals of Joy Division, but just like a little less. They put it over throaty. the strokes songs. They took the guitar of the Edge from U2, and then it was basically just the strokes. Other than that. They're like, oh, fuck we're going to all wear guys. suits. Also, the strokes slash the police slash the Beatles. Yeah, they're on some old because Beatles the strokes of the it. new Beatles. Yeah, I think they ripped off uh, like Robert Johnson and um, Slave Spirituals. 
I think just the the whole thing is just totally. Uh, I, I will say that uh, say, hello, say hello to the angels does remind me of a Stroke song. That actually, so while we're trying to talk shit on this album, that is actually my least favorite song on the album for what it's worth. I mean, it goes. So I'm like, I'm gonna take off four and a half points for all that right. Song. Um, also on that point, uh, this is. Rip, I, I know I'm supposed to rip on this album and everything, but around that whole era, music journalists and a lot of people were going on about the Strokes and how good the Strokes were. And I like the Strokes, don't get me wrong, but Interpol is the better band, and they deserve the praise that. And I mean, I guess they got it, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like that the yeah, the Strokes, the Strokes are pretty mediocre to me, honestly. Like, they have a lot of good songs that I like. Even like their album from like 2012 or something has a bunch of good songs in it. And when I listened to it, I was like, wow, yeah. this is actually like pretty a pretty good album. I didn't expect that from them. But there's a great Julian a- Casablanca solo song on, um, like I said, I that Danger Mouse, ma- Danger, Danger Mouse, Danger oh, Mouse, yeah. and Sparkle Dark Horse. Of the Soul. Was it the, yeah, the Sparkle Horse and Danger Mouse collab? Yeah. yeah, that album's great. Oh, yeah. It also has one of um, James Mercer from The Shins. That has one of the best songs he ever did on there, too. Insane. Great, Lullaby. great compilation. Um, yeah. But yeah, like The Strokes is like, they have some good songs, but you remember how much that shit was being shoved in our face? It's like the greatest yeah, band of all time. Yeah, when this was just going to say, get out of like, here. I love The Strokes a lot because I listened to them at that age and I was obsessed with it. But it's like, the reason I can still listen to them is like pure nostalgia thing. Whereas the reason I can still listen to Interpol is because. I think it's more tasteful. Like, the music is better. Another band like that's the Walkman, where the Walkmen are fucking fantastic, dude. That stuff holds up really well. It's, it's funny, though, because, the like, the, the indie thing, rock you had scene... had to be there at that time. It's watch. funny because the indie rock scene was, like, such simple rock. Like, musically, everything they're doing was, like, super simple. But, like... And then you had bands that had been around before those that were more interesting, like Modest Mouse... And then they came For a little sure. bit after, and I feel like people thought Modest Mouse came after. I was like, no, these guys were around before, like you know, Interpol was doing anything, or like the Shins. Were, Didn't like, Modest Mouse up? get Best New Music from uh, the VMAs or something in like two thousand five? For no, Float On, the Grammys gave them like a Best New Artist. Award after they were banned for over ten years. It's like it's so, so funny. Just like Hell yes. the moon in Antarctica was like two thousand, I think. It? Yeah, it was. But their first album was like nineteen ninety four. Yeah, like it's insane. Also, it's like just humiliating. They I just always gotta defend Bonus Mouse because um, Brock Isaac produced Isaac Brock. Isaac Brock. <laughs> Brock, Brock Isaac. Isaac. Isaac Brock. Uh, Brock Winthrop produced uh, "Apologies to Queen Mary." Yeah, for sure. So they, and also uh, Modest Mouse. Rocks. Modest Mouse made albums too long. Oh, way too long, dude. The Moon in Antarctica is so it was fucking like long. Sort of their thing. Every album of theirs is like over an hour. I mean, I don't. I don't know if they have an album under an hour. You know? I think at this point, though. If I if I really like a band and I really like them, I'm not gonna complain if they put out a shitload of material. You give me a a double LP, like I'm I'm all for it, brother. It's harder to rate it overall as an album that way, but has anyone ever made a good double LP? Uh, yeah, you just I have, have to, to think skip about a handful it. of tracks. I mean, even like all things must pass, that could have been one album. Yeah, I would agree with that. Unfortunately, the white album it could have been one album. Oh, definitely I don't know. that one. There's some stinkers on there. Whatever. They're just posting. Their, it was just like the band camp. It was their form of the band camp. They just put it all up. It was their SoundCloud. It's like, yeah, fuck why it. did this Interpol album get a 5.6, though? Well, Interpol, these guys are just. Ooh. They, Actually, they thought they're British. It. First of all, yeah, the guy think thinks he's so a Brit. British. It's like, yeah, you're born there, but you're an American, all right? 
So you Kessler know what's the too. Real Daniel Kessler was also born in London, but he was raised in the states. Oh, was he? Yes. I did not know that. I just assumed they were all American. Huh. Nope. Him and Paul well, Banks are Why do you are think Brits. all? Why do you think all their parents were in different countries? Because they're probably in the CIA or the yeah. That's why they wore suits. <laughs> so they're suits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably. Oh, he uh, a sunburst. Carlos D stands for casino. Carlos Danger, which was Anthony Weiner's uh, sexy name. Yeah, <laughs> I hate those uh, open body guitars. Why? Really? Depends. I think so. I don't know. There's too nice. much feedback. It's like feels like it always feels like it's gonna you break because it's got all, all that of them, open dude. shit inside of it. You haven't played all of them. I, I guess I haven't played all of them. I think you gotta play all. Of that them might be one reason. It, it might be that the AI is a uh, ACAB, and that it thinks they're the actual uh, the actual Ooh. Interpol. I like this theory. Yeah. Does Interpol do anything, the actual organization? I think the last time I've heard them actually mention they chase is, They chase, like, uh, cartel guys who killed, like, two people. I think uh, <laughs> Carmen Sandiego, the games, was the last time I heard them mentioned. <laughs> I don't think they're pulling their weight. They're not doing anything. So getting, like, getting back to the 5.6 score again, I think the worst thing about Interpol, and maybe why they lost a lot of points on this one, is that Lyrically, Paul Banks is so fucking bad, but vocally he's good, so he can sell. Okay, I, th- I knew this was going to come up with the Interpol lyrics. I wouldn't say they're bad; they just you can't understand them. Some of them work, but some of them are just trash. Like so on um on Hands Away, that line that's like, "Let's see about this ham." That can't be a good line. That's just. Garbage, I think that's right? cool. Like, I think he does a lot of weird shit. I lame. think there's a lot of weird shit because you don't know what the fuck he's yeah, talking it's weird about. It sucks. You don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Who cares? Uh, I was, the untitled song that like opens this album is one of my favorite songs ever. It's just so fucking. Well, did you read? Did you read? Up, have you read about that song? How they made that? That um, song just exists for them to because they were just they made it just to use as like like open, open shows. shows yeah. Yeah, it works perfectly, dude. But that's one of the only songs with perfect lyrics because there's so few. That it's really cryptic and simple, and I'm like, damn, that's well, wild. like also so at NYC, album, some, NYC, some turds on there. Subway is a porno. Yeah, that was actually pretty good. I, li- I like the lyrics. Of Makes song. a porno feel like home. Stella was a diver and she was always down. Yeah, I lo- I that one's actually that's one the, the song that always gets stuck in my head because just because the intro was like a live recording. It's not, I mean, I guess I don't know how he just like announces it. Ooh, you know what's funny is he sounds British in that, but because I know too much Interpol lore, you know what's going on there? That's the drummer with the drumsticks in his mouth. It was a, is why he sounds weird. It was the drummer doing what? In the intro of Stella was a diver, when he sounds kind of British, he's like, this one's called Stella yeah. was a diver. He has the drumsticks in his mouth when he's saying that. Oh. Is that the problem with all British people? They have a drumstick yeah, in their mouth. The, all British people walk around with weird shit in their mouth. It's their, their teeth. teeth. Up. They have like sheep bladder in their mouth. Whatever garbage they eat. Alex, you're British. Uh, well, several generations removed. The, the worst parts of the culture I've missed out on. But then also, like, it goes over to antics where the, the lyrics, they're, they're like, you just don't know what he's talking about, which is like, I thought, yeah, Charles, that it'd be funny. I was going to talk to you about this. If you guys for Fortune Kit, or if we did it on E1 even, if you make like a, if you made like a parody Interpol song, because like, I could probably come up with a fake uh, Interpol song lyrics wise, but you could do it too. But if you want to, dude, I would do that for E1. But like, that was something that uh, I remember. There's a song that Derek has that Derek wrote, and 
he posted years ago and I was like, this reminds me of Interpol. It doesn't really sound like it sound wise, but like the lyrics kind of reminded me of an Interpol song. And then like people kept telling him that he's like, everyone fucking tells me I sound like Interpol. But I like, I think the lyrics were just like, not like on antics, especially, I don't think they're like bad. It's just like, you don't know what he's like talking about. Cause they're kind of vague. Yeah. But here's the thing. I like bands like broken social scene where it's all like abstract and it's not about anything. No, I think his are abs- kind of abstract too. But at Interpol, some of them, some of the abstractions are just trash. Like I was saying, like let's see about this ham. That's just dumb. That can't. You don't be good know what the, you don't know what he's talking about, though, dude. Ham's good. Maybe it's a very mysterious. Maybe ham. he wants some. Listen, you don't know what the story he's talking about is. I don't think he knows what it is either. <laughs> Which is okay if it's cool and like it fits. It's with a cool the vibe, ham, but those lyrics just don't match how cool that song is. No, they have I like, like lyrics that are incredibly specific, but. Uh, the lines put together don't make sense. I like when they're like specific. It, if like you make a, a song tell a story, oh, I'm out. Yeah, like some Bob Dylan type of like shit. Like a ballad? But each individual line should uh, reference as many things as possible. Her stories are boring and stuff. She's always calling my bluff. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if it was yeah. meant to be funny, but That's saying the and stuff in a song lyric is pretty funny. Yeah, that's the thing. The song is good, but it is that line good? Eh. No, like when I first like, heard "Obstacle One," I thought, I thought the chorus was "She can reach his back," but no, it's "She can read, she's bad." Yeah, she can read. Yeah, she can read. She can read. So um, it's I don't know like if the we, AI is like misinterpreting all the lyrics, and uh, you know, just coming up with totally different things. Maybe it doesn't know what he's saying. No, I think the AI is. The AI is correctly interpreting the lyrics as bad. That's why it got a 5.6. That's what I'm saying. It is always correct. I know. Somehow we're the ones who are very wrong on this one. I guess I think I think I definitely like the lyrics. I think I'm more of a antics. I think they got better on that album because there definitely are some stupid lyrics on Turn the Bright Lights. But also, you know, it's their debut and it was still like a perfect album, so... Fuck it. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, did you listen to their third one much? Because I think there's still some great stuff on that one. I'd have to I had to return to it because I remember like re-listening to all their uh albums after it and being like I liked uh, uh, uh like three songs on each Yeah, of yeah. I never listened to the most recent one they did. And the one before that, there was like one song that sounded like antics kinda, but I oh yes, I remember actually when they made their third album, I remember them doing interviews where like they were very like contentious with each other. And it was obvious that Carlos D was going to leave basically because he was just like, we need to make our kid A and like do something different and like switch it up. It's because he and wanted to he, kept start, he started DJing at places and he wanted to be like more electronic, you could tell. But I think he was right basically. If the band wanted to stay really good, they should have done that. But then Paul Banks in the same interview would just be like, no, I just want to play some fucking rock and roll, man. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. And that's what they did, and it made them a lot worse of a band. But. Anytime a band is like, we're going back to like a stripped down garage rock direction, back to basics rock and roll, you know that shit's going to stink ass. Oh, yeah, always. No one's ever made that. F- well, I'm sure someone's going to come up with some example where someone did that, but most of the time is a. I always thought of uh, Turn on the Bright Lights as more, I mean, it's not like raw, but it's definitely more like a debut album, whereas Antics is like, it sounds so good. It's so well produced. Yeah, um, and a handful of Antics songs are as, like, atmosphere. Like, Antics is more straightforward rock, I would say, in a way, but some of them, like, it's more take linear. you on a cruise. 
Take You on a Cruise is so fucking good where they're both playing Ebos for a lot of it. And it's just like so – that's another thing. Like I bought an Ebo because of Interpol <laughs> and I've used that shit a million times over the last, you know, 10 plus years. Yeah, like – They just and said, I know, like, yeah, such a perfect aesthetic. They When they release Slow Hands as a single, it's just like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, both of the singles, like Slow Hands and um, – What do Kamira? you call it? Uh, no. Was Kamira? That song's great too. But um, what's the other like major single? I don't think that was that a, the single though. It was um, – it was evil. Yeah, evil. Yeah, both of those songs are like fantastic. They're just much more simple and straightforward. They're kind of like deliberately being the rock um, singles, the, but they're, they're there's great. a part like near the end of Not Even Jail where the guitar comes in and it's just alone, dude. Yeah, and it's just oh, it's that's like that guy like uh, Paul Banks. I read called Untitled. Like that's his sig- Dan- signature signature Daniel. That guitar, like I said, like the edge type of thing where he just like he makes it sound so good that part is not even jail yeah. where it goes to that and it's just plain and then there's drums come back in and you're just like oh it, yeah it's just blissful it's perfectly yeah, like yeah. blissful also uh the end of not even jail is like the end of pda on the first album where that's one of my favorite moments in any song ever where it is just like a minute of like blissful yeah you know everything is amazing like that's why it's, it's so great like oh maybe okay here's another reason why i got a 5.6 not enough chords out here. Oh, the, the where's chords. the chords? They love just playing only individual notes or intervals, or they're playing different individual notes. These guys don't know how to play music. They know how to write like a song. You know, but, yeah, uh, but those are like their very best moments. It's just like harmonizing two guitars that are only playing either notes or intervals. Uh, the bridge and just like grooving. The on bridge in uh, obstacle two with the drums. He goes like the drum. It's such a good drum part. Like there's plenty of good drum parts in their songs, but like that's one of the best in their in their uh, like whole catalog. Oh, in their oval. I don't know. I don't know how to say that. I'm not gonna go. Their oval. That's how Felix said. In their hoover. Their hoover. Their hors d'oeuvres. In their hoover. Their hoover. I think if I was the edge, what I would do is try to do like the David Lee Roth Eddie Van Halen thing, where they have a rivalry with the singer. But I would do the opposite of what Bono does. So I would like exploit Africa as much as possible. I would be investing in blood diamonds. <laughs> I would be like, you know, buying stocks in the, you know, De Beers uh, diamond diamond mines. I would be just doing the worst possible shit. I would get all in on China's Belt and Road Initiative just to cancel out everything. It's funny Bono how we keep, I keep bringing up YouTube because in 2004 when I was listening to like these albums a lot, I went to my first concert, which was U2. And I feel like that... Our generation, people around our age anyway, um, like I'm 28, a lot of them knew you 2 for that era, like the Vertigo era. Yeah, when they sucked. That song sucked. Um, Doesn't even know how to speak Spanish. But I grew up with my parents playing like the Joshua Tree and the Unforgettable Fire, which are both great albums in like good war. Yeah, the Eno stuff. Um, but war is good. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to say is war like, is like... All of those are very good. And I grew up... And then like when I got to see them, they're very good live. And even like they played... Um, um, all, I mean, all the gold older songs they played, but they played The City of Blinding Lights, which is like a new song, I think from that 2004 album, which is like awesome live. Mm-hmm. And it was a very good song. But I remember like... Growing up, because everyone just knew YouTube for like Vertigo and like how to dismantle an atomic bomb, and I was like, yeah, "Fuck this shit!" Bullshit. Like you don't know you like it was super bad because like you bring yeah. up YouTube and they just like, "Oh, you see that South Park episode?" I was like, "Oh, god damn it!" Like 
it was so frustrating because like they're a good band. They've had some amazing songs and albums, but but I can't defend like when they got shitty. You know, it's just like Bono just, like, died in 1989. Here's another theory why yeah. um, this album Zuropo is only a good deserves album. a five. This album deserves a five because despite how much people compare Interpol to Joy Division, they have like a lot in common with U2. Like a song like I Will Follow by U2. Well, even the cover the is, black, is black and white and red, song. just like the 2004 album. I love U2 the first album. U2 album. And here's the thing, U2 sucks ass. So since U2 is like Interpol, Interpol sucks too. The second U2 album was just like Rattle and October. Hum? Is that like just, Boy no. or War? The th- Rattle Boy was, was the, the first third. one. War was the third I don't know one. Chrono- October was the, the second one where they like lost okay. all the music or they lost the masters or something and it was like mostly improvised it's very interesting there's some well, great songs on weird it. because it started out as a post-punk band you should check yeah. it out it's the least put together album from a, a band that's very they're, put they're together. good songs like unforgettable fire i have on vinyl i love that album um bad is such a really really good song uh really good classic the edge um, also, New Year's Day. Wait, that was not it. That's on war. That's on war. I'm thinking, my bad, I'm thinking of... Um, Pride in the Name of Love? Yes, that's what I'm thinking of. In the Name of Love is, that's, that's a hell of a song. If you, t- if, you can, if you listen to that and you say, oh, this sucks, like, you're dick. Yeah, come on. It's about uh, stopping racism. Also, you like you, you don't two, like that. Early you two are cool because they're all like pro IRA and shit. That's that's cool. Fuck the fuck the yeah, black and tans. You two came from, they came from such a cool place, and then uh, then they got kind of shitty. Then they did some Eno albums. Then they got really shitty. Oh yeah, like they're like Joshua Tree. Fun. That's like the intro on where the streets have no name. Mm. Yeah, amazing, dude. I fucking love that's it. like one of the earliest songs I ever heard in my life. I remember living on Guam and listening to that song for the first time, and it was just like, all right, well. Some of the best songs I've Dude, ever Brian heard. Eno, and I was I like, Eno's easily one of the best producers ever, like best rock He's musicians sick. ever. And it's cool how he looked um, like Riff Raff for so long, like from Rocky Horror <laughs> Riff Raff. I thought you meant Riff Raff. <laughs> the rapper. The yeah, because I knew you were going to think of that yeah. immediately. I had to put that disclaimer in there. <laughs> Brian Eno he looked like, like, like Riff he looked like really uh, Christopher Lloyd and Dennis the Menace. At the same time, Brian Eno was on all those pop albums. Brian Ferry was making albums, I think, without Brian Eno's help. That were very good. Very good 80s pop albums. Really? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that Boys and Girls and uh, Bette Noir. Is there anything better than like a a good... not that big of a Roxy Music person. An 80s 80s pop album? There's nothing better. It's wonderful. I love 80s pop. It's wonderful. It's great. For like the past month, I've been obsessed with the Hats by the Blue Nile. Just, oh, every track on it is very short. I mean, like, not short, but not a lot of tracks on it. Just, oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, folks. I'm going to listen to that. You, uh, uh, there's only seven, album, that seven earlier. tracks in it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, so another it's reason this AI hates Interpol is that it's not 80s pop. Yeah, what are you doing? You know what Carlos D should have done when he quit Interpol? He should have started the New Order version of Interpol. He should have done porno. Yeah, yeah, he should have done. Sure, that's what he should have done. <laughs> what does the D stand for? Oh, I was, earlier, I was like cleaning my house and I was singing NYC in my head, but I started singing it in like a Tom DeLonge voice. I was like, Subway, she is a porno. <laughs> no, so, more, you know, he'd be like more like porno. 
Can you imagine how bad a Blink-182 cover of that song would be? Just like all power Ugh. chords instead of like the Well, the funny thing everything. is that Tom DeLonge made Angels and Airwaves because he is obviously tired of writing about high school and he was like 40 or some shit or close to it. Yeah. And then he heard he heard the Joshua Tree and he was like, he had never heard it before and he thought the album was amazing. He's like, I got to try to make something like this. He just like was like, I'm fucking sick of Blink and I need to like do something else. And I don't blame him. Like, I don't care if you think it's shitty yeah. or whatever, but I was like, I, I sympathize with them because like, that's just yeah, anyone sucks, who actually man. wants to get out of their comfort zone is great. It, just it blew sucks. his mind. Because Tom, the so Mark Hoppins is posting with like Fave Star guys now. Still is. Instead of just playing uh, power chords, you can play the two notes individually mm-hmm. through a delay pedal. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was that was the great leap in uh, in music theory <laughs> yeah. that which he took in yeah. Angels and Airwaves. What, That's fucking which hilarious. Is like, You're totally right. Like, there's so many good Blink songs, but like, I get where he was coming from because it sounded wildly different. And also, uh, that's another thing is I will um, defend a lot of Angels and Airwaves songs. Not gonna lie, that's one of the things that Felix and I uh, probably piss everyone off about as we uh, were pro Angels and Airwaves. We're gonna have to have one with you and Felix. Oh, dude, we, we would love that. We should. Just, <laughs> we do want to do. Uh, I, I want to do a whole episode where we just have you and Felix on. We talk about how nice life and angels and airwaves. No, you're going to talk about uh, "Hate Me" by Blue October. I have to block out thoughts oh, yeah, you of you. Too much so about yeah, Charles was asking me like, well, what irony level do they like that song on? No, Felix and I love Blue October, dude. Hit, like, I don't. Speaking of porno, that whole line where he says, "Make a porno feel like home," like, it's so good. Most pornos are in homes, I think. But he, he's usually that, someone's <laughs> someone's at home, and like uh, then someone knocks on the His door. His thoughts are so or, fucked up that like they make a porno feel like okay and like clean. Are you kidding me, dude? What kind of drugs is this guy on? He has eyeliner on. What the fuck? Yeah, a man with eye. He has a mohawk. The hell? This guy's kind of dark, but he might be kind of gay. I don't know, but I don't think he Instead is. Instead of red October, he seems blue October. What the fuck? What is this? Am I missing something? Because he's sad. He's a sad guy. Into the Ocean? What a fucking uh, dumb song. Love it. <laughs> That's a band, Blue October. I assumed that they were like... Um, From Texas. Like Stone, Stone Sour Through Glass, where it's like that's the... Uh, that's the ballad. That's the softest song for a guy who usually makes heavier music. Oh, yeah. Like, but that's like their heaviest cool. song, which is weird. I, th- I assume they were like a, a post-grunge band or something, and that was them calming down, but it wasn't at all. Nope, it's all that. And uh, it's very cool because he wrote later on, there's a Blue October album that's all about father's rights because he's a divorced oh, father. God. I'm not kidding. This is Jesus 100% Christ. the truth. Those guys are big into that. Like, um, Dude, I wish Muse uh, did something like that instead of conspiracy No, because like, be Muse hilarious. is just, I mean, they're Brits. He's just going to like do drugs and be like, uh, you know, you get I mean, like chemtrails, you know, or yeah, the go- they're gonna write a whole album about Epstein, which is gonna be awesome. Blue October, no, Muse are gonna write an Epstein album because they're conspiracy guys, except they're gonna, I think both they're gonna rap on it. Okay, I want to hear, I want to hear Blue October, Muse, and Interpol all write Epstein concept albums, and then let's judge which. Listen, one's the here's the which thing, thing here's why this best. album got like a five point something, whatever it got, is because Interpol haven't talked about or commented on Epstein, and he was at Rikers. It's like you guys are in Manhattan, you're right there. Exactly. We need an Interpol, like a classic Interpol song, just a lot of delay and tremolo pick guitar about the conspiracy. Just lay out all the, the evidence for us. Another great Father's Rights guy is the guy song. from um, Puddle of Mud. 
Oh, Wes he? Scantlin. I was reading his Wikipedia the other day, and he has had so much ridiculous legal trouble over the years. He is 47 years old. Holy and, shit, uh, he's old. Yeah. In 2015, he was arrested at Denver International Airport after taking a joyride on a baggage carousel and entering a restricted area. <laughs> What's wrong with that? He was arrested again in that same year at Mitchell International Airport in Milwaukee. He just he keeps going to the airport, getting like pissed drunk, jumping on the baggage carousel, and riding the baggage carousel. And uh, okay, he, so he's just wondering if you that, could take um, it all away. The way that like DSA will table at like Father John Misty or whatever. Um, do you think men's rights activists are tabling at like Blue October and Puddle of Mud shows? No, they're still just listening yeah. to like Five Finger Death Punch. That's true. The men's rights activists don't actually know how to like table and like canvas and stuff, I guess. But there's a lot of potential. What if there's there. a band called Muddle of Pud? The audience is at those shows, dude. Oh, nice. It's like a uh, a cocktail drink that you drink, but it's got a penis in it. Ooh, at like a, a butt rock Muddle bar. of Pud. It's definitely one of the signature cocktails. On August 23, neighbors called the cops on Scantlin for rigging a fake bomb onto his car in an attempt to deter thieves from entering his home. <laughs> was it like this giant, like, like thing with wires on it with a blinking red light? It's a bomb. Yeah, that's what it is. Scantlin's mock explosive consisting of wires attached to the car motor and gas tank <laughs> called, caused the bomb squad to be called and for four surrounding buildings to be evacuated. In 2017, he was arrested at Los Angeles International Airport after he tried boarding a plane with a BB gun. <laughs> He's just constantly getting arrested at the airport. He loves it. That, one, that made me think of um, Nick Oliveri from um, Queens of the Stone Age. When he had like the domestic assault case that got him kicked out of the band, he had like a whole like SWAT team called to his house and had like a standoff where he had like a bunch of guns and shit. It was like some weird. Oh yeah, all those guys in that circle shit. are like just insane. Yeah, Josh Homme's kind of a piece of shit. Even though I love that band, he's oh yeah, that's a great band. Dude. Actually, to Josh Homme's credit though, at least he's not like an abuser and shit. Where he kicked out Nick Oliveri and didn't talk to him for like ten years after that shit, but. Yeah, Here's the some, thing, though, is I also, I'm also there. a big, uh, I'm a movie guy. I'm a movie guy, you know? Um, you heard of movies? There's uh, plenty of actors and directors. I mean, uh, most of them, huge pieces of shit. Huge pieces of shit. Always have been in movies. Um, musicians, a lot of them, most of them, I'd say, pieces of shit. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, there has to be some sort of I can't cancel middle everyone. ground, I think. Like, you hear... Back in the day, it used to be like with um, like Werner Herzog and Klaus Kinski and Phil Spector in the studio, where it'd just be like, oh yeah, he just he sometimes brings a gun and tries to shoot you, and yeah. <laughs> like that. That's like, sort of like, that's um, just how he was. It's like <laughs> what that way that way of looking at it does open the door to like you know Harvey Weinstein shit, right? And it's it, it, it's good that people are um, people are harder on that shit now, and they there's more. Uh, no, absolutely. But I'm saying, like, there's me, more accountability I'm not, expected. I, I'm not in that world at all. Yeah, but there, there does have to do? be a little bit of tolerance for people being crazy. Eccentricity, but not like yeah, just weird. Well, like people are like trying to cancel Walking Phoenix for walking out of the set of a movie, like because he wasn't feeling it or something. Yeah. It's like who cares? Yeah, who cares? People have done a, yeah, people done way shit. worse shit than that. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, you got to have some leeway also, for celebrities like, to be like that. People be like, oh, like what about the other actors? Like who gives a shit? 
that yeah. you, as long as it's not like really hurting somebody, you got to have. I don't know. Artists I don't know are anybody insane. in Interpol, and I don't know anybody who knows any of them. But I'm just gonna say I'll put a million dollars on this random opinion that Daniel Kessler, probably the nicest guy in the band. He just seems like he would be. I don't know. I You're think Sam, the drummer, the band. probably he could be too. Yeah, I could believe that too. I'm just going to assume that either Carlos D and or Paul Banks are kind of assholes, at least a bit. Yeah, I, I, Today, I saw the Hot Ones episode with uh, Paul Banks and RZA. Oh, really? I need to check that out, actually. I'd probably like they, that. They seem like, I mean, they seem normal, like normal good friends. So maybe we should just wrap this up. Uh, any other thoughts on the on the shitty score for this one? This album is like super mediocre. All the songs sound the same. Um, it's just drums and guitar and the guy singing like this and that's it. Yeah, it's not even good. It's um well, I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's not like good. I would say it's yeah, like a five point five point six. It doesn't like matter. 6. Who cares? I give it a zero. You can't do that. It's a five point six. Oh, that, that's why it got a five point six, is it balances out. I'm gonna give it a ten, you give it a zero, and it turns out um you know, in the centrist way of viewing the world where we need to find a compromise between every position, no, ha- no matter how stupid, it deserves a 5.6. This album is Elizabeth why. Warren. So, yeah. Something I would Capo love guys, is hit if, me up. This album is going to be president. Capo guys, hit me up. Whether you like it or not. Oh, you know those guys? Who guys? Dude, can you put me in touch with those guys? Can you put guys? me in touch with those, those guys? They seem like some cool hombres. Yeah. Something I would love is if, you know how on Amazon, they'll send old people an email saying, like, can you, re- you review this item? And they'll leave a zero-star review saying, uh, I've never bought this, so I don't know. I think music reviewers <laughs> should do that, where they say uh, 0.0. Yeah, I didn't have time to listen to it, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I didn't really right, uh, well, we got, I haven't heard this. We got to the bottom of the score, so All right, Andrew, well, uh, thanks for stopping thanks by. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Alex, got to listen to Antics. Um because it's year. better than this shitty album. Thinking about getting around to like broken social scene at some point. Mm. Ooh, dude, you should. You TV on people. the radio, maybe. Like Ooh, five yeah. Years dude, from yeah. Now. Return to Cookie Mountain. That's a classic too. All that shit, dude. Come on. Ooh, with that beer opening, uh, we'll call this an episode here. All right.